Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by searching on Spotify's podcast app, where you can send Greener Thoughts money or send a message. You can also find Greener Thoughts on at least 10 other podcast platforms, where you can email at greenerthoughtspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome, or welcome back. You are listening to Greener Thoughts, of course. So I do want to jump into a few announcements, uh, mainly just that I updated uh, all the environmental um, holidays and celebrations that I could. It took about two hours, and so um, I thought to first start off with those, and then we'll get into our next segment uh, coming up, Headlines from the Hemispheres. So, since this is a kind of older episode, I did want to update anyway. So, one of the first um, special days or environmental holidays to consider and remember is Penguin Awareness Day, which is uh, on January the 20th every year annually, and also International Zebra Day, which is uh, celebrated on January 31st. Um, with the environmental holidays, most of the time they're going to be out of the United States. Some of them are going to be um, international or celebrated in other countries, but I'll uh, try to, of course, in every episode, um, highlight them and keep you all informed. Next up is Headlines from the Hemispheres, which is where I cover in about five minutes or so um, or less all types of different environmental news uh, headlines globally and a little bit more about them. So the first one I'm going to highlight is out of the UK and it's from positive.news. They have their own magazine and they share all types of positive and uplifting environmental um, and other um, related info. It's a really great resource and I love talking about um, a lot of their news stories and uh, information. So they have um, the news that renewables made history in Europe, which is pretty good news, positive. And it talks about how, um, according to a report, both um, different types of think tanks, ember, like uh, ember of coal to start a fire, and agora, um, energy wende, um, they... Uh, stated that green energy accounted for about 42% of the UK's electricity back in 2020, compared with about 41% from gas and coal. So it's an uptick uptick there uh, when it comes to renewable energy, which is a good sign um, that things are really moving in a forward uh, direction when it comes to energy in the UK. It's really, really good news. The next headline is... uh, uh, from the U.S., 
And it states, UN treaty banning nuclear weapons takes effect without the U.S. and other powers. So for all those who have uh, kept abreast of uh, nuclear uh, war or nuclear um, weapons, I should say, um, in, in negotiations and treaties in which countries have which, the UN um, had talked about um, the fact that nuclear weapons are basically going to be a thing of the past, but um, it needed to have at least the um, outlawing of uh, nuclear weapons in about 50 countries. However, the U.S. and other uh, lead and huge nuclear powers have not ratified, uh, uh, signed the treaty to have it ratified. So the ban um, by the U.N., uh, would have the countries uh, would be pro- prohibited from producing, testing, acquiring, and even possessing or even stockpiling uh, different nuclear weapons, and also outlaw the transfer of the weapons and for- forbid uh, signatories um, from allowing any nuclear explosive devices uh, to be even stationed, installed, or even deployed uh, in their territories. Last but not least is new story out of France. So uh, France prohibits plastic packaging for most fruits and vegetables. And NPR uh, had uh, that uh, last story. NPR talked about the last story as well, uh, dealing with uh, nuclear weapons in the ban. So out of France, France has been uh, shutting down the game when it comes to uh, all things uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, mainly when it comes to composting, they they talked about um, one of the the bans I believe in France was that there's not going to be any um, uh, more food waste, of course, which is really great. Um, so they're all about the compostable bits from restaurants, from uh, citizens, of course. Um, but in France now, they recently changed rules so that in grocery stores and even marketplaces, starting. Um, as far back as January 1st, 2021, that most fruits and vegetables can no longer be packaged for sale in plastic. So every uh, bit of those items has to have um, their own uh, packaging, nothing plastic at all. So uh, about 30 some items, everything from apples, bananas, oranges, uh, huge tomatoes, eggplants, leeks, pears, onions, uh, lemons and more are going to be immediately f- affected by the new uh, rule. And from Reuters, they had talked about specifically that, quote, plastic packaging will be banned by the end of June 2023 for cherry tomatoes, green beans and peaches, and by the end of 2024 for endives, uh, asparagus, mushrooms, and some salads and herbs, as well as cherries and by the end of June 2026, raspberries, strawberries, and other delicate berries must be sold without plastic. So we have a uh, source for today's podcast info. It is coming from Environmental News Network, otherwise known as ENN. And this episode is all about a new a molecule being found, um, and it was found in ancient sea ice. Um, reasons for this episode kind of span 
as far as the new finding, I'm always kind of um, surprised at what's out there, and I know this has got to hit the hearts and minds of any sea lover, um, any climate scientist, um, any oceanographer, um, and those who um, love learning about and changing, especially uh, climate change as it accelerates even uh, more and more further as the years and years go by. Why not learn about this particular molecule? Um, so this is a um, podcast episode about uh, the new finding, but also about um, some climate change organizations and what states are doing about a climate change um, nearby to them, and uh, what can we do and what can we learn about that can affect the most change um, as we can gather as much information, um, be impactful about what we do, because we don't want to see this new molecule somehow being adversely affected because of what we do um, to our oceans. Um, This is exciting information, so listen in, grab a pad, notepad if you so choose, but this is going to be definitely a fun kind of learning session. So we're going to start off with what is this new molecule, and we're going to go slow and try to pronounce all the huge words, and um, so we can learn, of course, a little bit more together, of course. So, this new molecule is tetraunsaturated uh, alkanon, and it uh, was first studied uh, and published in the journal Nature Communications, and it first, uh, when the study talks about how the researchers um, were trying to show that an organic molecule, often um, located in um, high-latitude ocean sediments, they're known um, wholly as tetraunsaturated alkanon, and um, it's otherwise known as C37, uh, 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 colon, um, 4. So for uh, time's sake, I'll just say C374. And that produced one or more previously unknown species um, that were dwelling in ice dwelling or the the species that 3374 um, is connected to ice dwelling algae. So you might be, might be thinking ice dwelling algae. Yes, there is algae in ice in the solid ice, and so there are um, high. Of course, sea ice concentrations, there's the ebbs and flows of it, yes. But there's algae associated in that sea ice, in those sea ice concentrations. And so those molecules are left behind, um, you know, from being in the sea ice. There's there's some uh, molecules that are, um, are made um, from the algae that was uh, in the sea ice. And it hasn't really gone anywhere, but it's being discovered now, um, and we'll get into why. So next, let's dive into how other molecules compare. So there are many different types of other um, alkanon uh, molecules, and they've been used for many different years um, just to sort of uh, test and estimate uh, sea surface temperature. So at different uh, temperatures, algae that lives uh, on different uh, sea surfaces they make differing amounts of the alkanons known as 
C37-2 and C37-3. So those are um, some to note. And so scientists, they began using ratios between those two molecules and they found that in sea sediments, um, they uh, were trying to estimate between those two uh, molecules uh, the past temperatures that they had. So C37-4 was the focus of the new study and it um, according to them, has been long considered a bit of a problem for temperature uh, measurements. And it's because um, it turns up in sediments that are closer to the Arctic. So the Arctic Circle, really, really um, high above most countries today. And so it throws off the other, the other um, alkanons, um, uh, the other um, alkanon uh, ratios. So it throws off the C37-2 and the C37-3 ratios. So next, what was the process of finding more about this molecule and how did they figure out the molecule's usefulness? That's what we all want to learn. How is this molecule useful um, when uh, examining and, and processing information uh, as it relates to the other molecules? What makes this you know, molecule so special? So to figure this out, the researchers studied sediment and different uh, seawater samples containing that C37-4 that was taken from the different icy spots around the Arctic, and they used um, really advanced DNA sequencing techniques to identify the organisms that were present in the samples. And so that work um, yielded previously unknown species of algae from the order of isochrysodales and the researchers then cultured those new species in the lab and then they showed that they were indeed the ones that produced an exceptionally high abundance of C374. So for the future, what can we learn, what can be noted, and what are the researchers hoping to gain um, in the future for what they've learned now? So ultimately, the researchers hope that the new proxy will um, get them to better understand the dynamics of the sea ice uh, throughout time. I think that's really important. Um, and that information, they said, will improve models of uh, pla uh, past climate uh, data, which of course will make for better predictions of future climate change. Last but not least is a notable quotable uh, from the info. So quote, We've shown that this molecule is a strong proxy for uh, sea ice concentration. Looking at the concentration of this molecule in sediments of different ages could allow us to construct sea ice concentration through time. And quote. Now was said of Karen Wing, a PhD student at Brown and lead author of the research. With that, uh, and the learning of the C37-4, uh, um, learning that it's a uh, new type of uh, molecule and it has those um, isocrystaldales, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, uh, I thought that, that was fascinating. Um, and I guess, like nowadays, I guess even in... Um, the common newscape, unless someone's a climate scientist or uh, is really fascinated with the ocean, they're not always going to learn about um, what's being found or what's being discovered. 
um, you know, not everyone lives close to the ocean, you know, and to, to, to think that we found something new and just in it's discovered and it's near the Arctic circle. Like that's amazing. Um, and I, I know that, um, climate change is such a, um, scary, but real phenomenon. And the fact that you have, um, you know, these molecules being discovered, but they're found in the, in the ice and, you know, they've been discovered, but, um, either they've been melted or they had to, um, become melted to be discovered, um, says we have a lot more to kind of learn about our, our oceans, our sea ice and how fast that they are, uh, melting. Um, you have some people who are climate change deniers. I did, um, do a whole podcast episode on how to, um, communicate and kind of, you know, talk with, um, maybe your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your, um, org members, maybe you're a part of a big association or organization and you have folks who are not on board with learning about climate change or think that it's false or that it can't happen or that, um, you know, 70% of the emissions in the U.S., um, at least, um, they have, um, huge footprints, these companies and corporations, they're, they're responsible for the largest chunk of, um, emissions and, uh, they have power, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a step-by-step process, I think. Um, cause sometimes I don't, I don't even want to give climate deniers my energy. I don't even want to talk to them, but they are out there. They are sometimes your family. Sometimes you can't escape your family. Sometimes you may live with them. Sometimes you may have, do business with them. But you're going to have to talk to them about these type, type of discoveries. Talk to them, um, you know, like you have a purpose. Like you have something to say to them. Like it doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be a fight. But uh, when when making these discoveries, um, I'm talking about this news. Um, it's important to, to bring about the facts. Um it doesn't have to be a challenge. It doesn't have to be a fight. But, you know, sometimes when you just give people the cold, hard facts, the cold, cold, hard truth, they shut up and listen. They're like, okay, you're convincing me. They're, they're you know, you have some, some folks who just love the reality of things. They don't want to hear your viewpoint. They don't want to hear um, uh, past grievances, anything like that. They just want to see the cold, hard facts. And they're like, okay, I get it. It's in my face. It's it's black and white. Um. You know, I, people see what's happening with, with the oceans of today. Um, and it's, it's such a huge issue. You know, most of our oxygen, if it's not coming from the atmosphere, it's coming from our oceans. And yet you have what millions of tons. I, I, the statistic isn't coming to me right now, but it's, it's millions of tons. I think it's 40 million tons of waste is going into our oceans every year. The specific statistic, I have it bookmarked somewhere in my thousands of bookmarks on my Google Chrome, but, you know, that's the type of devastation that's happening to our oceans. It's not just the air that's affecting, the air pollution that's affecting our oceans, it's the waste that we're putting into our oceans. The the, the fishing practices, the trawling of our oceans, 
you know, sometimes overfishing. That's part of the issue as well. These are things that we have to uh, fight incongruent uh, with climate change because that's a really huge problem that can be broken up, of course. Now, there are many island nations um, that we should not be for, uh, forgetting that are caught in between um, the, the, the actions that are happening to our planet right now. You have places like uh, the Maldives and you have, you know, Seychelles, you have um, Madagascar is a, t- a tiny country off the coast of uh, the continent of Africa. You have all these, uh, Indonesia, all these different places. Um, the Caribbean islands, for example. You have um, southeastern Asian countries, really, really small, that may no longer exist because of climate change. We have our elevating sea levels. Every time you turn around, there's a new statistic out there. Um, by the end of our century, you know, we may not have a viable planet to foster uh, new and more generations of people. We may not have a civilization or or a civilization if we're not careful. I'm fearful of what um, our planet is going to look like. You know, every time I, I'm on YouTube, I hear people can afford and this is kind of diverging, that people are, are scared to either move or can't afford things like rent. Um, it's going up every single year. Why? Utilities aren't getting better. Amenities in the apartment space aren't getting better. You know, the U.S. currently is in a terrible recession. I just learned that it's been going on for many months. It, it didn't stop after any type of stimulus. You know, Things are real out here. I've I've talked about um, on di- on different podcast episodes I've done that in Maryland, um, you know, we're not having the snow like we did. I'm not saying we have to have a foot of snow. No, we usually get less than six or seven. It's not it's not nearly that high. But um, when it starts to get fall, sometimes in in latter um, or or late uh, November. We'll start to get it, it more chilly, um, way more windy, um, but you, you'll start to get some snow. But then it'll melt, and then it won't come back till maybe late or mid, mid-January or February. And then up until March, April, it's still windy. It's still cold. It's still freezing. It's still, you know, in the 30s and 40s, 20s. It's cold. Why is that? You know, I identify that as climate change as well, because if if climate change is affecting where you live so much, you can you can you can highlight this. You can talk about this. I shared on my Facebook, um, you know, the weather, how it was in October a few years ago. It was raining in October. Raining. Shouldn't that be happening in the spring? And then just the other day uh, when I, you know, as I'm recording podcasts, it was like 70 degrees, 75 degrees. And it's, that was in October on the East Coast where I am in Maryland. That should not be happening. We have the, the leaves, of course, the pumpkin spice. We have the pumpkins ablaze. We have all the animals that are, you know, getting ready to, to of course, hibernate because winter is, is coming. 
shout out to Game of Thrones. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know what's happening. Um, with the where our weather is going, but I see the changes. I've been alerted. You know. Um, I think a a strong uh, point to kind of get through to family and friends who are interested in maybe talking about climate is to sort of maybe break the ice in a way that is not too alarmist, not too accusatory. But at the same time, if your cousin or if your friend like doesn't know where a you know, glass container goes after they're finished using it or they they should clean it out after they put it in a recycling bin. If they have one of those and they don't, they're kind of part of the problem. But the way to, to talk to them about it isn't so much accusatory. It's more like, hey, have you thought about, you know, cleaning out those those containers when you're done with them or reusing them? Or they'd make great, you know, pots to put stuff in or coin um uh, collection uh, storage to put those pennies in or um, you know their glass containers are great to put candy and whatever you have to do to sort of convince them um, because again with waste that's a big problem and um, organizations like those against the big um, Pacific garbage patch of course um, you know, they're saying that 75%, 70% um, of waste that even gets to our oceans is coming from our rivers. And if someone doesn't know how to compost properly or just t- trucks everything uh, into the trash, that's the issue. Because sometimes it's not all going to the landfill. Sometimes it gets blown away and then somehow it ends up in a river, which leads to the ocean. So kind of breaking the ice and, and talking to your family and friends um, about these issues, uh, climate change related or not, uh, that's a start. That's a way to go. Um, next, I wanted to kind of put forth the questions about um, the renewable energies that you may be interested in, how those may be affecting climate change where you live, um, and... Um, could could time or money or information research even be given to those um those things that you're a little bit more well informed is something to consider as well. And next I'm going to dive into the Mother Earth Minutes coming up. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes all type of proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and protect Mother Earth. Now, um, I think the message for this um, Mother Earth Minutes is to explore all the climate change resources. Now, I know I didn't, I did go somewhat at length about the resources. Um, I think next time I'll try to compile a um, forward list or directory as far as all the climate change organizations I can. I'll try to expand it if I can to um, the international scape um, but the U.S. because most of my listeners are uh, most of them are, are abroad but there's plenty who are um, domestic 
So I think that would be useful as well, um, using that as a as a um, a way to inform and and have as many people um, aware about what's out there already. Because if there are people already doing the work, it makes no sense to duplicate efforts. So just find out what they're doing, see if you uh, love their mission. Because every climate change organization is kind of different. Each of them are um, running around and supporting and. Um, working towards specific issues related to or about climate change. So um, I'm going to start with the first resource, though, and it is about the 50 states of climate change. So it is from the specific website, and all the websites will be uh, in the show notes, so in the, in the description of this podcast episode. And this first resource is about the U.S., but all the different states, what... Um, things they have been doing specifically to combat a little bit of climate change that's affecting their state particularly. Uh, everyone is different, all the way from Alaska, you know, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, all these different uh, states, of course. They all have different issues that are affecting their um, states. So it could be um, uh, a rising uh, water or water pollution that's affecting the the, um, the fisheries in their area, or it could be um, uh, over uh, fishing, it could be uh, air pollution, it could be um, renewable um, energy resources off the coast of X state, and they need more of that to sort of combat um, the weather and the, the weather of where they live, which uh, is really important. Um, you have um, some states that are affected, you know, wildfires are a huge uh, concern in some states, mainly um, in those wooded areas, you know, in um, mixed terrain areas like Hawaii um, and California. The next are books. Now, I'm a bibliophile as much as the next person. I love, love, love me some books. Within the past two months alone, um, as far as recording the episode, I bought like five books. And one of them, uh, another one, um, I did buy um, as far as like an audiobook Kindle kind of book. So I love reading. The topics are all different. In uh, one of the recent books I did uh, buy, it was called Toxic Legacy, and it's about uh, glyphosate, uh, the toxic chemical used in farming. I talked, I've talked about that a little bit when it comes to my like food uh, podcast uh, episodes, um, a little bit uh, about how you should not. Um, be eating that, and that's toxic to farmers, and they have so many cancers and different issues, respiratory issues, skin issues, um, when it comes to the use of glyphosate um, in their um, their farm work and in their stock. Um, but the need for books is huge. If you, I know that a bunch of my listeners are a bit up there in age, so like the 30s to 40. Uh, uh, range are my key listeners, which is a big shout out to y'all because, um, you know, I really appreciate that support and, and to know that I can communicate ideas and, and solutions and a bit of facts and um, fun and, you know, reviews and stuff to an audience that's a little bit older. That makes me feel great, um, makes me feel, um, you know, esteemed. Uh, in that area to convey this info and so 
if you're a reader and you want to catch up on some books and some reading, want to buy some, then there's the top 25 books on climate change that you have to have. And I'll link that um, in the podcast uh, episode notes. And there's so many different authors from Paul Hawkins to Naomi Klein, so many more. There's a book for you. And again, there's 25 books, so pick uh, at your choosing. And the next resource, number three, is uh, a bunch of resources for kids. There's uh, resources from NASA. I compiled and found a, a really cute kid's guide about climate change. They have all type of activities, games, videos, um, career paths info for if you want to get your kids started and, and learning and thinking more about this. In NASA, they're huge on all things uh, aeronautics um, nationally, but also because they've been doing this. They know climate because they study it. Um, and they work with other organizations too um, that uh, are alongside them. So um, I do have a few other organizations too under uh, what kids can learn about. So WGBH, they're really known for channel programming. So if you ever, I think, seen their orange ablaze lettering they're great when it comes to kids programming um young adult adolescent kind of um programming and things and they used to be big like on zoom and on i'm not adjacent to pbs but in your morning uh morning programming so when i was like little i would see their stuff and be just like amazing whatever they had um and so they also have um different educational resources for all type of kids ages from preschool all the way up to high school so they definitely have um curriculums like uh, that are really climate action oriented so that's a big resource there and then um there's a resource from the wwf the world wildlife um, foundation and they have a, a set of climate change resources for kids. They even have a teacher's curriculum. They've got a climate hero curriculum, like a um, certificate after um, completing their curriculum. They've got live lessons, posters, so much. So that's going to be linked in the podcast episode as well. And then from the NRDC uh, uh, Natural Resources Defense Council, they have um, the guide about how to talk to um, kids of all ages about climate change. So I kind of did talk about earlier that you want to talk about whoever, family, all ages really, um, friends, associates, colleagues, about climate change wherever you can. And again, there are the climate deniers or people who aren't really informed, maybe they're um, an immigrant, maybe they're new to your country, maybe they don't know how climate change actions and news is affecting your country, but it's it's horrible where they are. Like, for example, if they're from Brazil, maybe, they've been experiencing a lot of flooding, flash flooding recently. They've been ex- experiencing landslides. There's, the you know, crop devastation. There's um, a lot of deforestation affecting their country. Um, but maybe they move somewhere like Minnesota or maybe Virginia or Florida. They may not be experiencing the same type of uh, natural disasters and climate change um, impacts like they did in Brazil, but you may want to talk to them about how um, something as far as uh, uh, crops not growing as they should, or flooding, or um, other environmental uh, disasters and devastations that are affecting 
um, where you live and they've moved there, you know, still climate change related, just a little bit different. Um, and you know your area because you live there longer. So you can tell them, you can keep them up to date and abreast, informed. Um, last thing is number four tip is the different organizations to support. And again, I want to expand on this at a different time, but there are a few. So there's the climate group, which, um, they have different events you can join. You can explore all the different subject areas that cover energy, transportation, food, industries. There's so many different ones. You can kind of, uh, clamp onto one and explore at will. And then there's the Climate Change Project. Um, this is a definite bookmark that you should have in your browser. Um, you could attend trainings, learning about this. You can join the chapter if you're in the U.S. Um, you can donate your time and volunteer. You can donate money if you so choose as well. And again, all these links and info will be in the podcast episode show notes. So be sure to click um, more info in the tab on this podcast episode to check it all out. fact of the day is that NASA confirms the presence of water on the moon. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the January-February 2021 issue. So now we have arrived at the Eco Company Spotlight. It is a fun time in the Green Thoughts program where if you have any environmental or environmentally related product or service and you want to get your ideas out about it, maybe you're the founder, maybe you're the co-owner. If you learned about this and you're like, Nyla, you've got to try this amazing something here. Let me know. Email me at greenethoughtspodcast at gmail.com and I'll take a look, review the item. No worries, no charge. I'll buy the product myself. I'll invest in the service myself and share it with the good folks here, all the amazing listeners and supporters of Greener Thoughts. I love, love, love this segment. It's really fun. Always learn something new. I want to keep it going um, and try to invest and share um, as much about each company and their products and services that they offer to all of you. So we're going to dive into that with our next company and spotlighting them. And they are Conscious Step. That's an amazing brand. And I gotta say, Conscious Step is a type of company that isn't concerned with any flashiness, fads, trends, things that may die out, things that don't matter. No, they're very simple. When it comes to the socks that they create, they create patterns that are specifically partnered uh, and related to a specific nonprofit and their cause and mission. And then they give back to those various communities, um, whether they're fighting uh, for equality, they're planting trees, or even supporting uh, clean water efforts. So every sock that they have and partner with a uh, like-minded organization is very uh, unique, specific, um, thorough, um, and really, I think, uh, cute. Some amazing socks. Um, As far as their commitment to sustainability, They have, number one, the certified vegan uh, products that they have. 
They, uh, number two, are uh, GOTS certified. So that happens to deal with the Global Organic Textile Standard. Um, and that is a standard that sets the worldwide ecological and social standards for all type of organic fibers. It has to be free of herbicides, insecticides, and also pesticides as well. So it's very stringent and very uh, thorough. Number three, uh, they are, ContraStep is a 1% for the Planet member. Number four is that they have products that are made from that amazing fair trade cotton. So you know with fair trade cotton, with anything fair trade, you know that the makers, the creators of the product are getting a, a set um, agreed upon standard as far as the pay that they're getting. They're getting uh, that amazing social uh, and, and economic mobility. They're able to rise out of poverty or keep um, themselves and their families um in a better uh, place than if they were to maybe be under a, a multi-glomerate uh, corporation and work under them and their laws or maybe even work by themselves and they're not really uh, getting the gains that they thought they'd see. Sometimes uh, fair trade workers and farmers, etc., are part of cooperatives uh, or co-ops and so they kind of band together and everyone uh, gets equal pay for the amazing work that they do and produce. And number five, um, is that um, they have the promoting and they, they promote and use a fair trade working conditions and they are clear on their transparency when it comes to um, from field to um, your um, the, the shipment that arrives to you, um, the practices, the farms, the labor, um, everything that they can, they make it transparent uh, for you. And next, um, there's the product selection. So, uh, Conscious Step does have a, a myriad of different products. They have their um, socks, they have sweatshirts, they have candles, they have subscription boxes available, they have kids wear, so um, socks for kids. And uh, my experience of Conscious Step has been a pretty great one. Um, they do have really great prices, um, but there are some, like, I guess great is relative, but if you're willing to pay um, a little bit less than $15 per pair, um, that's not as bad because you can get some socks that may last or may not last more, not on Conscious Step, but from another brand, and they may be twice than that, but you still get holes in them. Um, but I think it's pretty reasonable. Um and I supported a few of the different lines that they have. The Restore Oceans line that they have and the Plant Trees socks. Those are amazing. Really uh, cute, um, beautiful, um, beautifully designed uh, socks themselves. They are comfortable, soft, and they do keep their shape. Now, um, they do have the calf socks. They have ankle socks available as well. But I wore my socks and, ha and bought them for the purposes of like, like casual wear and also like formal work wear. So they kind of have those, depending on the sock line, they have the darker muted colors, um, deeper colors, tones to them. And they have also lighter colors, your pinks, your kind of white colors, um, light colors like that. Um, they have a few um, warm colors as well. But um, they also have the recyclable packaging to them. Uh, I do give Conscious Step really high marks, about five out of five green, th green thumbs up. Um, I think I'll be repurchasing some in the future, of course. Um, and I've been wearing them 
um, so much that I do have a few holes in them, so I'm, that's why I have to get more socks. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign if your socks get holes in them because you are wearing them, but I kind of I think it depends on how how fast they get worn out. Like if it takes a few years for them to get them worn out, I think that's a good sign versus if um, your socks um, are in worse condition or they're not made from quality materials and they kind of get um, holes in them faster. But since they've got that um, amazing um, uh, set of threads to them and, you know, there's the, the got standard to them and it's that fair trade cotton, there's nothing wrong with it except just putting it into your um, home compost or uh, commercial compost if you so choose because they'll break down. And Conscious Step, um, they are sold in a whole bunch of places. So you can find them online through the website at ConsciousStep.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, Step, S-T-E-P. You can find them on Amazon.com, also EarthHero.com, and also REI.com. I bought my uh, Conscious Step socks at um, the website earthhero.com love 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 their stuff and you can find them on other retailers online and also in stores where you are um, able to and conscious step they do have a foothold in a whole bunch of um, or on a full whole bunch of social media uh, websites um, number one being facebook they're also on instagram at conscious step they're on uh, linkedin at conscious step same thing at twitter uh, or now formerly known as X, or now X, formerly known as Twitter, at Conscious Step. And also, when it comes to YouTube, they uh, run the channel Conscious Step Media. Now, to contact Conscious Step, all you have to do is go to the website and click the contact uh, button for messaging them and filling out their message form, or you can email them simply at hello at ConsciousStep.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting the Green Thoughts podcast. I do uh, really cherish the fact that so many do listen to the new episodes, to the older episodes, a few shares every now and again, um, to all the uh, supporters I have. It's really big thanks, really big hugs. Uh, Thank you to my one uh, supporter. Uh, who knows who she is and supports um, with funds and that really does help out a lot. Um, I'm thinking about a few plans for Greener Thoughts um, and pushing out more episodes if I can like and doing it um, deliberately as a, a sort of plan but I'll, I'll talk about that probably in a future um, announcement in the podcast episode. But I really hope that this uh, episode was fun learned a few things, um, got a little bit new perspective and you're, you know, on board to sharing either, you know, this podcast episode with someone or take some of the steps, um, you know, the mother earth minutes perhaps, or, um, any, in any part of the episode with you. And if anything intrigued you, um, or if you wanted to add, um, some stories or information that you've learned or know, you can always, of course, be sure to email me, of course, at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, I thank you so much, again, for always listening, for supporting. So, as always, please.
please take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. Thanks so much. Bye.